guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast, episode 68. Um, so we're here giving you an instant recap as Washington puts up another in that performance on offense as they lose to the hands of the Dallas Cowboys, 25 to 10 in Dallas. So, you know, we give you instant recap on the day of the game. So to give you a timestamp as we do for every episode, it's about 1130 on Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. Um, and if you're checking us out on YouTube, we're pushing out another fire episode. Be sure to like, be sure to comment, and be sure to subscribe. Um, we're trying to finesse these algorithms so that we're getting Bleeding BNG up there um, for your number one content hub for anything Washington Commanders. But let's, take, let's get to this game, man. It's honestly not too much to talk about. Um, as I said, Washington loses at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys 25-10. to 10. And as I started off the show, it was another, it was another in that performance by the offense. Um, and it's starting to look like that this is where our offense is. Um, and it's starting to look like the game against Jacksonville where we thought to have this offense of the future, this stable of stable of horses at the receiver position with this big arm quarterback. That seems to be the outlier game, just like 2017 seems to be the outlier season for a guy like Carson Wentz. Because I'm here to tell you guys, new flesh, I told you in March when we made the trade, this guy's not it. This guy's not it. And no, he's not the only problem, but he's the head of the snake. He's the head of the snake, and he's the captain of this sinking ship. I know that he said that the ship hasn't sunk in his post-game press conference. Well, in my eyes, yes, it has, sir. Yes, it has, because guess what? We're in October 2nd. We're in October 2nd, and we're already 0-2 in the division and 0-3 in the conference. So we're going along with yet another Washington football season. Like I told you, whether it's the Redskins, whether it's the Washington football team, or whether, whether it's the Washington Commanders. I told you guys last season when we were doing these shows, I've started to move the goalposts as a fan. And at this point, going into seasons, I'm like, man, if we can just be in the, in the thick of it by Thanksgiving. Well, guess what? We three weeks before Halloween, and we ain't even in the thick of things at this point. The season is looking bleak. The season is looking bleak. The season is looking bleak. And when you're early to admit it, when you're you early to the party to admit it, I promise me it'll put you out your misery early in the season because you'll temper your expectations. You'll temper your expectations because there's nothing, there's nothing to po- positive to spin about this team right now at this point. Nothing. Nothing. So let's start with this quarterback performance. Carson Wentz was 25 for 42 for 170 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Let me read that again. This man threw 42 passes for 170 yards. That's about four yards per attempt. Four yards passing per attempt. Like I told y'all last week, that's little league shit. This guy sees ghosts when he runs. This guy sees ghosts when he's in the pocket. He has zero pocket presence. Like, and he was missing high all game. And I don't know. I'm the only one that noticed. This guy's damaged goods. I know I'm not the only one that noticed that. But I think I might be the only one that noticed. Have you guys noticed how it seems like he has to throw his entire body into any deep ball that he throws nowadays? Yeah, it looked good against the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars, but he hasn't hit it since. He hasn't hit a deep ball since. And it's looked like he throwing, it's like he labors to throw that ball now. And this is a guy that we were talking about as a big R quarterback that we looked at, that it looked effortless for him at points. Well, it doesn't anymore. 
He doesn't have the same zip on his deep ball that he had. He was never the most accurate quarterback. This is the reason why he's been passed around like a bad stripper over the course of the last three, three years. Like, this is horrible. And I know we want to blame the offensive line, and we're going to touch on them later. But good quarterbacks mass bad offensive line play. Newsflash, we don't have a good quarterback. This guy isn't the answer. No matter how many guys over there at Redskin Park or whatever they calling it at this point, want to tell you he is. They knew it from the day they signed him. That's why they didn't restructure his contract. They just knew that they couldn't go in with the same shit that they gave us in Taylor Heineke last year. Because you can't go in with that shit in a fucking rebrand. They bamboozled us once again. They've bamboozled us once again. And guess what? They think they can do it over and over again. They break the emergency glass trying to break out the black alternate uniforms that weren't even supposed to be worn until November for this game just for us to get our ass whipped. Wearing black to your own funeral is fucking crazy. Wearing black to your own funeral is insane. So guess what? I joined, I, 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 I decided to be a part of the Washington Commanders and join the funeral. Because at this point, I'm really considering turning in my fan card. Like I told you guys before, our favorite line, especially when I'm getting into relationships and when I'm going on dates, I tell these girls over and over again, you ain't never got to question my loyalty. I'm a Washington Redskins football team commander fan. We've been through the thick and thin, and I'm still a fan. Well, guess what? They might, that might not even be a thing much longer. Because I'm sick and tired. I've been going through it since I was a damn kid. Going to elementary school at 7.45 every morning and being laughed at every Monday morning because my team just got their ass whipped. Especially when it happens to the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. I got family members that I don't even like over here texting me about the Dallas Cowboy games. I am ready to fight these people because I don't even like them in the first place. But guess what? The goddamn Washington Commanders always giving them a one leg up on me. I got to go to work tomorrow. I got to go to work tomorrow and get trolled all day. And this probably is going to go on all week because that's what Dallas Cowboy fans do. But I'm used to it. Because guess what? They've been whipping our ass for years. They've been whipping our ass for years. Our starting, our starting quarterback that you told me was the franchise that you got Dan Snyder up there trying to sell to over there to the sports books and shit, talking about we finally got our quarterback, is getting outplayed by Cooper Rush. It's getting outplayed by Cooper Rush. To the tune of four yards per passing attempt. And guess what? I told you that this team didn't have an identity. 
And I thought it might have been having explosive plays with these this stable of receivers. But we can't even do that. We can't even do we can't do anything consistently. We got a team full of can't get rights. It's almost as if we do anything good is by accident. Our receivers exploded in week one. Haven't seen it since. We can't get the run game going until before today when we finally get Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Williams, and J.D. McKissick to combine for almost 140 yards, and we still can't put points on the board. You know why? Because when you got to revert to that old antiquated-ass style of offense, when your offensive line isn't capable of, of, of blocking – and your quarterback has zero pocket presence, once you get off schedule with a penalty or or, 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 or a negative play, and you got this Scott Turner ass, Scott Turner as Axe Madden ass offense, once we get behind the sticks, we're fucked. Once we get behind the sticks, we're we're done. And that shouldn't be the case with all these. Playmakers that you told me we had on offense. How many playmakers do we have really? When a $24 million man we signed in Terry McLaurin has two catches for 15 yards. Both of them coming on screen passes. Terry McLaurin had no completions down the field today. And I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Trayvon Diggs owns Terry McLaurin. It just is what it is at this point. I was the first one telling you before Trayvon Diggs isn't good and things like that. Well, he done shut me up. Because ever since the 2020 season, honestly, only the first game. He has held Terry McLaurin in his back pocket. And I know a lot of y'all because y'all did it to me last week. How many weeks are we going to go in, week in and week out, making excuses for a man that we paid $24 million to? That's the reason we pay him the big bucks. At the end of the day, the people that you pay to be elite have to be elite. It ain't no scheming for that. And if you can't get him the ball... Then your offensive coordinator should have been fired already. If it's this that impossible to get him the ball. Or maybe is he mid? Or maybe is he mid? Like I've told you guys all year, Terry McLaurin has not been winning on the routes like we have been seeing him win on them routes prior to prior to this season. And I know he doesn't have the character of, oh, I'm going to get the bag and I'm going to just chalk it in now. I'm going to just pack it in now. Well, buddy, that's what you're doing. Maybe you need it all the offseason. Maybe you're just not that guy that can go out and miss the offseason and come back and just hit the ground running. Maybe that's why you're a late bloomer. Maybe that's why you were never the wide receiver one at Ohio State. Maybe that's why your teammates and your peers don't vote you into the top 100 year in and year out. At 
And I'm not saying that Terry McLaurin is a bad player. Mid is the definition of middle. Mid is literally the definition of middle. Never said Terry McLaurin is a bad player. But we're so used to not having anything good here that we cherish the players that even produce a little bit. We cherish those players to the highest order, put them on the highest of pedestals, like they're amongst the NFL's elite, and they're not. Yes, Terry McLaurin is the best that we have. Ah, uh, is he? I'm not sure. But I'll touch on that in another episode. This is an organizational issue, man. I told you last week that I'm sick of Ron Rivera. This coach-centric approach is bullshit. He ain't Bill Belichick. What made you think? What, what made you give? What made you think he had the cash to do this? Guys, 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 guys! I'm sick of this man, dog. It's time for him to go. Take his coordinators with him. But today's game was a microscope. Was a microscope of the entire regime under the under Ron Rivera. Since 2020, we can never be firing on all cylinders at the same time. It's the same thing week in and week out. So I don't know why we're surprised. Defense holds all first half. Offense finally scores, takes the lead. Then the defense plays their worst drive of the season. I mean the worst drive of the game and lets Dallas take a lead before halftime. It's almost like, it's almost like Scott, Scott I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's almost like Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio being in the coordinator room like, all right, we're going to be good this week, but y'all got to be some shit. Now, we're going to pick up y'all flag this week, but this week y'all got to be some shit. We can never be firing on on all cylinders. That's what bad football teams do. That's why I said it seems like when we do shit right, it's almost an accident. And it ain't much being done right right now. Our offensive line is fucking horrible. Trey Turner sucks. I promise you, I can block better than Trey Turner. I'm 190 pounds and I can block better than Trey Turner. Trey Turner isn't a starting NFL caliber lineman anymore. I don't know if you thought getting him under John Masco. Oh, John Masco. Like he's a fucking magician or something. I don't know if you thought putting him under John Masco's tutelage was going to do it. But if you saw any San Diego Charger or any Pittsburgh Steelers game in the last two years, you would have known that Trey Turner wasn't the answer. He sucks, bro. He's easily the worst guard in the NFL. Starting at least. It's an organizational issue, though, because his backup, Sadiq Charles, sucks just as much. He's just younger. He's some younger shit. Andrew Norwell was forced to restructure his contract on a bad Jacksonville Jaguars team with a horrible offensive line. 
But you thought he was one of the asses at, his, at, at one of the left guard position, at the left guard position. And he out here running in, 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 in a Charles Leno on pass protection and shit. If y'all haven't seen the picture, go look. It's circling around. This is bad. And I hate to be the guy that I told you, say I told you so. Because I always do my, I do this to myself every year and fool myself into, into, into giving us wild-ass preseason prediction records and things like that. But I told y'all over the last couple of weeks, Terry McLaurin been getting clamped. Well, guess what? It was magnified today when, when he getting clamped up in his slot by Michael, Michael, Pars Michael Parsons. I don't care how generational of a linebacker you think Michael Parsons is. He's still a 240-pound linebacker. Your $24 million receiver should be able to beat him, especially on a quick out. On a quick out. On to this defense, man. They stepped up for the most part. But like I said, we can never fire on all cylinders. They can never put a complete game together. John Allen played like a man possessed today. He had four tackles for loss and a sack. But can somebody please let me know when Montez Sweat decides to play a game today, this year, this season? Because I swear I ain't heard his name all season. I swear I ain't heard Montez Sweat name all season. He's looking like a guy that came into college as a tight end. Wasn't really that good of a defensive end. Put up really good combine numbers and shot up the draft boards. He's looking like that guy. Oh, wait, that was him. Oh, wait, that was him. Montez Sweat sucks. So whenever you want to tell me about these five first-round draft picks, well, first of all, this year it's only been four because we, we haven't seen Chase play. But I don't want to hear that shit again. Because none of them play up to it except John Allen and Deron Payne at times. But like I told you, this is an organizational issue. And it starts with the guys, 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 man himself, Coach Ron Rivera. Because guess what? You knew you weren't going to have Chase Young the first quarter of the season. Why not bring in a veteran pass rusher? Instead, you try to replace him with James Smith-Williams, who has no fucking pass rush moves. I have better pass rush moves than James Smith-Williams. He literally bull rushes every play and makes up no ground. He gets stalemated every play. James Smith-Williams has the same amount of pass rush moves as my 90-year-old grandmother. I lie to you not. I might give her the edge because I think she, I think her swim spin move might be even a little more crazier than his. I think she might even give you a little spin move every now and then. He don't do shit. He doesn't do shit. But that's the guy that you thought could replace Chase Leon for the first month of the season. I told y'all in the preseason, and y'all swore I was talking about one play in the preseason. 
Oh, dude, that was a pass interference. William Jackson III has no ball skills. And it shows itself week in and week out. He gets so nervous when the ball is in the air. Man, be in position. That's one thing I can't say about Kendall Fuller. Seven times out of ten, William Jackson be in the position. He just gets so goddamn nervous when the ball in the air, he starts grabbing face masks. He starts pulling on dude's shoulder pads. That's the definition of a cornerback with zero ball skills. There's a reason why he only got like three career interceptions in fucking seven years. Eight years. Y'all got to start listening to these fan bases when they tell y'all about these players and stop chalking it up as hate. Some of them dudes over at Cincinnati was telling us that William Jackson III wasn't that guy and we wasn't trying to hear it. Just like the Eagles fan and the, Car and the Coast fans been telling us Carson ain't that guy and we weren't trying to hear it. Or oh, y'all weren't. I, I, I knew it. Homie fucking sucks. Kendall Fuller runs a 4-9 and is starting at boundary corner in the NFL. Kendall Fuller has a 23-inch vertical jump and is starting at boundary corner in the NFL. How do you manage to get ducked on every week in the NFL? How you getting ducked on in football, bro? Kendall Fuller can literally have an entire You Got Moss montage of just this season alone. He literally gets mossed every week. Kendall Fuller has been mossed in the game every week this year. That's what happens when you're the, the least athletic corner in the NFL. Bro, real I be getting mossed. By little dudes too. He got mossed by Devontae Smith. It runs deep, man. It runs deep. Like I told y'all last week, I'm hesitant on giving anybody praise. Y'all told me I was harder on Benjamin St. Juice because I didn't like some of his post-game comments about him claiming that he showed his versatility in the slot and the outside and things like that. But, buddy, guess what? You played a decent game against the Eagles. Well, guess what? Two of our interceptions that were called back today, both of them were called back on Benjamin St. Juice holding penalties. But I guess I'm just a hater, right? Guess what? It's 13 more weeks of this shit, man. 14 more weeks, 13 more games. Oh, man. This season can't get over fast enough. I don't know if I can sit through a season like this. Because at this point, this season is looking real 1-16, 2-15-ish, if I'm being honest. Y'all out there calling out Jamin Davis over the course of the first two weeks of the season. And my homie Fred Smoot on the postgame show said, it's feel like Cole Hogan retired and ain't told nobody. Because we heard his name all year. Just like Montez Sweat, they out there cooling and retiring my home. And they tell nobody. 
Hey, but on in Tennessee, right? That'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast, man, because at this point, I don't really have the answers. But be sure to keep checking into the page. Be sure to be kept. Check, checking into the channel for some fire content. Be sure to check out our Instagrams. Our Instagram is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G, B-N-G. Our Twitter is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So the spellings are a tad bit different. There's only one G in our Twitter handle. Be sure to check out our social media pages, man. We're pushing out some fire content over there. And like I said, we're available on all podcast platforms. But you're listening, if you're listening to us, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify specifically, let's finesse these ratings, leave a review. So like I said, let's finesse these algorithms so that Bleeding BNG is the number one content hub that comes up on every search every search engine when you're looking up the Washington Commanders, even though I don't know why you're looking us up right now, because we suck. But we're going to keep pushing up this fire content, man, because, hey, one thing I do is love talking about football, even if I'm not loving this team at the moment. So y'all enjoy y'all week. Be sure to check out our Tennessee Titans preview coming up on the channel. And I'll check in on you guys later. Peace.